Hey, Nikki. Hey, Selena. And hey, y'all. Welcome to Sweet Tea and TV, where we have our cough drops lined up <laughs> in front of us. I'm like, not kidding. I'm unwrapping them so I can just grab them really easily. It's that time of year. Zyrtex on deck. <laughs> it's that time of year. It's either that we both have a cold or that we got new noses and that they just haven't fully settled in yet. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's a good transition. I like it. It is the time of year for colds, but it's also the time of year for Designing Women Season 5, Episode 16, uh, The Emperor's New Nose. Bernice decides to have plastic surgery. When the surgeon botches the job, the women have trouble telling her to her face because they're afraid to hurt her feelings. Air date, February 4th, 1991. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Wow, we're really (laughs) tracking. We sure are. We're calling this one One Fine Looking Woman. It was written by Tom Bray and Michael A. Ross. So Selena's notes here remind me that this writing duo last directed season four, episode 22, It's a Wonderful Life. That's the one where Charlene thinks Bill is having an affair. Uh, And it was also the first episode they directed. And then Ross was Galen King from Nashville Bound in season one uh, and Stan the car salesman in season four. Man, that's a lot of trivia right there. That's right. I didn't even talk about how his marriage to Marky Post. <laughs> but I was thinking about it. I think I've heard that somewhere. Yeah, right here <laughs> in this room. Uh, and this episode was directed by David Trainer. Also might be a familiar name by now. <laughs> One would hope. So general reactions, Selena, what do you have? If Bernice is in the episode, I'm pretty much in. That's my first reaction. (laughs) This was one of the few episodes I remember from like childhood. Oh, uh uh-huh. I can actively remember her prosthetic nose. Mm -hmm. And um, I could never have told you like what episode, what season, anything like that. But I definitely remembered Bernice's nose. And I feel like there's something to that. This episode really sticks with you like a bad nose. Like a bad nose. Is that what people say? A little foreshadowing there. (laughs) Yeah. I think another thing that was kind of... um, circling for me was thinking about Dixie and how she might have reacted to this one because we know from different sources including her own lips that she had received plastic surgery between seasons one and two I thought about that too yeah and then like some of the lines she was having to to deliver like about like it's okay to be a woman over 50 yeah natural beauty and whatnot she well she just had that whole episode about her being a lounge singer so in thinking about her and lbt's arrangement i know it was more political statements that if she had to make a big grand liberal political statement then she got to sing maybe there was some trade-off between these two episodes could be i don't know yeah i could be reaching there's a part of me that feels like it's just like an unfair line to give someone but i guess it is acting (laughs) i don't know (laughs) is it Um, my last general reaction was that this episode was up there with Gilmore Girls in terms of pop culture references. Like, I just feel like I could not keep up with them. Uh, we'll talk about a few of them in references, but boy, they just like kept coming. Yeah. And sexist comment alert. I was surprised that happened in an episode written by two men. You were surprised. (laughs) I was surprised. Eyes don't blink or blink a lot. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was really surprised because I think we think about women being so tuned into pop culture and into all of the latest celebrity goss. And so it just surprised me that this wasn't an LBT written episode or I don't know. Mm, Okay. It's interesting. It's possible I also have the Gilmore Girls um, 
lady whose name is escaping me right now. Amy Sherman Palladino? Palladino in my head. Mm-hmm. Like she's buried in my head as the only writer of all things pop culture in sitcoms or like TV shows. So it's also possible that I'm just like unfairly making a huge sweeping assumption. No, I don't think that. <laughs> it sounded like I didn't mean it, but I do. I it's the cold, Nikki. It's the cold. I don't even know what's happening right now. You do look a little glazed over, to be honest. I'm like trying to pep it up, but my body's just like, yeah. you're lucky to be here at all, okay? <laughs> Me, not you. You're probably not lucky to be here. Sorry about that. Uh, I just thought that this episode kind of raised a good question, and maybe it's like an eternal question, which is like, when are we supposed to be like a good friend, and then like, when are we supposed to just be nice? And I know we've talked a lot offline and here about nice versus kind and all of that, Mm -hmm. but I think this episode is probably a good example of when that latter choice can get you in trouble, Mm -hmm. you know? The being nice, you mean? That's right. Trying to make her feel good, because you want her to feel good. But like this yes. crossed the line from like spinach in your teeth, I think is the exactly they used. Yeah. Yeah. Some other examples, but that was, you know, you've got a, um, the back of your dress is caught in your pantyhose, which you've literally watched happen to me before. So <laughs> you didn't have to tell me because the man behind me told me. <laughs> the good news was I didn't even notice. <laughs> I wasn't looking at your behind. So, well. I feel like we've had this conundrum before. This seems like the sort of thought that should have occurred to me while I was watching the episode. I feel like we've had this conundrum on this show before. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, being a good friend and pointing something out to someone. But that is an eternal, you said it was like an eternal question. It's, it's an always, eternal challenge of mine. Yeah. Like I never want to be the makes person that makes someone feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, but like I'm, you know, I mean, I think. I'm going to tell you if you have a booger in your nose. I'm just going to do it. You just yeah. need to know. It'll be awkward for a second, but you can get it out of your nose, and then we can move on with our day. I think the other complication of this one is Bernice never gave away that she was feeling any kind of um, self-conscious about her new nose until they until it was pointed out. So, like, my first reaction is always to say, like, what do you think, Selena? Like, how do you feel about your sweater? Does it make you feel good? And then if you said, like, oh, my God, I've never felt better about myself, and it wasn't, like, egregious, what? I can't say anything. You feel great. Well, also, like, it's not permanent, but it is. Like, if someone gets there, if someone has an ugly sweater, you can just change your sweater. If you have changed your nose, you can change your nose again. You can. That's what we saw. It's expensive, and it's not, like, something you can do in a day. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's, it's a tough call to make. I think you just have to her like whatever the event is kind of figure out on the fly I think if Bernice if Bernice had told them when she I mean we wouldn't have an episode if Bernice had done this but if Bernice had told them when she first got there I took off that when they took off the bandage I gasped a little bit they would have been like yeah it's a little piggy like they would have had the opening they needed to tell her like it's not your greatest look but she seemed to indicate she was really happy with it and so who are they to crap on her parade you know Mm -hmm. maybe she was really happy with it and it's not conventional but Bernice isn't conventional so She's happy. Right. But then once Bernice kind of shared with them that she had been feeling self-conscious, that opened the door for them. Right. All right. Well, talk to you later. Was that your last general? It was. Um, I had a couple of cut line strays that I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, 
At the beginning of the episode, Charlene wanted to watch the five o'clock news and they were talking about the segment on nanny violators. We just had like an odd, unnecessary cut, which would have made the transition to the toilet bowl discussion a little cleaner. Not the end of the world, not like ruin the episode for me, but I feel like um, didn't understand why they made this cut and it like didn't even save time. So um, they say, like, it's a piece about nanny violators. Well, it's over now. What they cut was, good, now they're showing a toilet throwing contest where Julia then says, oh, my word, they're chucking toilet bowls. So, like, it's it in the episode as we watched it, it goes from nanny violators is over to now they're chucking toilet bowls. Is that really the term they were using, nanny violators? Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. They said it, like, several times. Okay. <laughs> I mean... Well, it's not untrue, but also it's just like, I don't know. It just makes me real sad all of a sudden. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry to do that to you. Well, it just sounds like an assault. You know. And there was also a <laughs> There was another in that same area. Um, they asked Bernice her opinion of how much a toilet bowl weighs. That part was cut. Mm-hmm. Um, her response wasn't really as funny as I think it would have been coming from Bernice. Uh-huh. She just said, like, excuse me? Um so it was like a reasonable cut. But the first part, the like transition from their chucking toilet bowls to asking Bernice what she, uh, if she, how much she thinks a toilet bowl weighs, it just would have been funny altogether. Oh, like if you're going to yeah. talk about throwing toilet bowls, like give us the whole joke. Don't just give us this random, like, why are they throwing toilet bowls? What's happening? Yeah. I, I, I felt really the cuts. weird for the, even that, even that is like weird for the news. Very. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yes. Totally. Indeed. The whole thing. Are they used to look? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I uh, I did try to look into it to see if this was like a thing, like a 91 thing or like a Southern thing. Actually, I think it was Scotland where I found it the most. Mm, I think. I, I didn't write it down, mm-hmm. but I did look into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any other strays? Oh, I had a few. Julia can't believe what they call the news then. Boy, would she be upset today. <laughs> Um, Suzanne's rich enough to buy two Cadillacs, but a few episodes back, she broke down and shared the laundry list of things she was going through, given her money problems. We could probably split hairs over whether or not only being able to wax up to your knee is the biggest problem in life, but still like it's, we have this conversation since the appearance of Reggie Mac Dawson, which is like, is she, isn't she, she? what's happening? And then will someone please tell or how many waxes she could get for the price of a Cadillac since she decided to buy two. I mean, it works out to the episode's favor, but I'm just saying, like, you could get a lot of, you could definitely wax up to the hip for the price of a Cadillac a few times. So I didn't think about it too much because I thought it was that she traded her Mercedes for a Cadillac and that was part of the joke. You could buy two Cadillacs for the price of one Mercedes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know. I didn't think about it too much, but you make a good point. Yeah. Is she poor? Isn't she? I don't know. (laughs) Really important observation <laughs> don't exist in this podcast. <laughs> um, okay, so I I think maybe this is the time for Suzanne watch before we exit strays. I agree with you. Um, and oh, well, go, do you have thoughts? I do. Oh, wonderful. but I feel like Why you and I are. I feel like you and I are extreme at extremes on this one because <laughs> I've shared in the last couple episodes like. I don't see it. Short of that one picture you showed me where they are very clearly separated. Yeah. So I'm like, 
I'm mildly concerned you're going to come across the table at me on this, but I did write down um, uh-huh. that I didn't notice her on the fringes at all in this episode. Uh-huh. No, she was pulled more into it. Keep going. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> thought she was going to hurt me. No, no, no. Um, I had several Suzanne says sort of comments um, that cracked me up, like okay. especially the one that she says, I know you all think I'm selfish and shallow, but I know what's most important in life. Friendship. No, looking good. I really like that one. It's one of my likes, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't notice her on the fringes of this episode very much at all. Okay. Now I'm like, I'm dissecting it so much. Well, I'm also, it's just for fun. Someone like- It's not came, fun, Selena. Someone on social media was like, okay, but if we take that, and I, it's like, what can I really say after- what we do and we are dissecting like so much of this that doesn't need to be but they're like but I look back and sometimes she's sitting on that couch by herself and when I think about season one episode 12 and they like laid out this whole argument good thank you for commenting and thank you for like wanting to play along but like also like I literally said in the first one like I'm probably reading too much into making the point that she's not on her own yeah that person and I should be friends you probably should and then maybe both of y'all could get the fact that this is a bit (laughs) There's no such thing as fun in life, Selena. Good Lord, I feel that serious. a lot. Like right in the gut. So here's the things that stood out to me yeah. again. Everybody just understand. This could be me overreaching. I'm not saying I would take this to court. Okay. <laughs> no, but I think my point is I want to know. I want to know for real, for real. Like, can LBT tell me how much of the – because it is going to come up in a couple can episodes. Can she? I can she. That's what I'm saying. It would be wonderful. Well, okay. So even, so she does wind up coming into the fold, but in the cold open, they're talking about her sagging rear end. They made like a joke about it. So Uh my question is poke or joke. And then like, Mm -hmm. and and that's how they were, they were, I was expecting her to not be in the episode I was a lot too. because they did that. I thought we finally got to the part where it would be obvious enough I would get it. Well, she's also, so she's not just isolated this time. She's sitting closer to the cast in this one, uh-huh. um, which I think are both good signs. But I also recognize the outfits that her and Mary Jo were wearing. It looked like something I had seen earlier on in the season. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering if um, they filmed these early on and then moved them around a little bit. Uh-huh. Um there's just also it's like something about the styling of their hair even looks like it changes a little over the season. You know how that'll happen with actors and and it just looked more like they're styling towards the beginning of the season. I noticed that with Charlene in an episode even after this one, her hair was very feathery in like yeah. an almost late eighties sort of way. Like it just didn't feel like the hair we've been watching this season. Yeah. So maybe you're right. So, cause like Mary, Mary Jo, I really actually like what she was wearing. Not that I don't usually her, her, she's had a real change in her wardrobe. And we talked about that, but it's she has a green sweater. Yes. Yes. I love that. And it's almost like a dress. Yes. Cause it's so long. So we have definitely that. seen that before. And then, um, Suzanne is wearing this like black and pink like um, suit and then it's got like a really distinct scarf that goes with it and Uh, we had seen that earlier in the season as well. I'm looking back at my pictures. um, I keep costume pictures just to see. Okay and I'm I've been waffling on whether to say this or not. I don't have it. But even in watching the Barbara Walters interview so Delta Burke goes on and she is losing weight again Mm. and um you can like, and you kind of see that happen. And then like her face almost looks a little fuller in this episode, yeah. which is another reason, which like, look, I mean, I feel icky saying that at all, but I'm just saying like, she looks more like the Delta I was seeing in the beginning. It's funny you say that. Cause I did notice 
a little difference. Yeah. In neither place is that a problem. No. I, that's not for you. That's for anyone that thinks. Yeah. Like, obviously, if if you're not a longtime listener to this show, we have very strong opinions on talking about people's looks. But if we're just trying to do Suzanne watch, yeah. then it does feel it like does it seem folds obvious. into understanding that, like, yeah. we may not be looking at that's Delta an Burke down the thing. I'm willing path. to give you that one. I appreciate it. Every now and then. Every now and then I can lob one in. You can have it. Thank you. Um, well, we'd like to talk about some things that we liked. Yes. Uh, the face work of the women when they were talking to Bernice the first time she comes in after, not the first time she comes in the episode, the first time after the surgery and they're seeing her nose for the first time. Mm-hmm. There was just so much polite smiling mm-hmm. and so many like, tight faces and then um there were stunned expressions (laughs) like just the way they were not saying anything but saying things I loved so much yeah I thought it was so amazing this is where I really and I've said this before but where I think it messes me up to look at the script while I'm trying to watch because I think I missed some of that yeah um I know I get it my cursory watch yeah but then a lot of time passes yeah but, uh, you know, I love good face work. That scene is worth watching again because it is just so funny. Yeah. I laughed out loud at the thought of Bernice's top secret mission before they know about the oh, plastic surgery, uh-huh. potentially being riding the mechanical bull at some Atlanta <laughs> club. It's wonderful. Like, I want to see that scene. And I think I've been robbed that that wasn't a scene. That would be great. Um, Charlene's commentary about Miss. <laughs> Mrs. Philpot, can you imagine losing your husband to your child's nanny? I'm glad Mrs. Philpot's 65 years old. Of course, she did just get a new perm. Bill's overseas. I guess he's safe from her. <laughs> uh, I love that. And then Mary Jo's reaction to Bernice's post-surgery digital rendering. This is the first time she comes in before oh. she's got She said, well, you look very alert. Alert. <laughs> <laughs> Bernice had some good lines on getting older. Hell getting old. Inside, I'm still 16 kissing sailors in Times Square on <laughs> on VE Day. You never told us you lived in New York. I'm not sure I did, but that's what I remember. The way she delivers that line is really funny, too. Yeah. Like, something about, like, how dare you question me is what I was reading into that. It's what I remember. <laughs> like, something very. She's so good. And then Julia says, I hope you're not being pressured by some media image of how a woman's supposed to look. (laughs) Some of the most beautiful women in this country are over 50, so we've already kind of uh, foreshadowed this. And Bernice replies, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it all. I've heard all that from Jane Fonda. She keeps telling us that the aging process is natural and beautiful. And if we just keep doing those squats and donkey kicks, everything will be hunky-dory. Meanwhile, she sneaks out and gets her boobs done. If Jane can do it, I can do it. Uh, I really liked when Suzanne choked on her coffee, choked on her coffee when Bernice said she was afraid of making a pig of herself while she was eating the cookies. And then Suzanne saying, looking at Bernice reminds her of Noel. We haven't talked about <laughs> Noel nice. in a while. It's been a while. It's real sweet. I mean, it was sweet and not sweet. And not sweet. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do we call those? A slap lament? <laughs> yes. Um, 
You want to talk about things we didn't like? I've got two more things I like. Oh about this my one. gosh! Sorry. Okay, sorry. Bernice telling people at Hillcrest Retirement Home that she got in a bar fight to oh, explain right. her bandages. Wonderful. And then it's probably while while she was riding the mechanical bull, or just after. Of course, slapping. she can't do it on that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. She's pretty powerful. Oh, she's wily. Yeah, I thought it was really sweet that Suzanne gave her Cadillac to help Bernice. She already gave the funny line, and I love that line. I thought that reasoning was even better, and it's so in line with. Suzanne's character but it also helped bring the episode full circle making it make sense while we're hearing this like two Cadillacs for one Mercedes story yeah that's true um I like that I'm done now I'm sorry (laughs) I did like a lot of things I guess that's good news and I like all right let me start at minute one so I really hated the joke where Charlene said she thought a rhinoplasty meant they were going to add a horn Oh, okay. um, and let me tell you where that's coming from. Okay. Um, so with Charlene, so you're telling me someone with a um, thirst for knowledge, like she yearns for new knowledge or whatever she said, plus someone who stays up to date on like all things cultural and like what's going on, sure. um, didn't know what a nose job was officially called. Yeah. That like, but it's a bigger issue that we're starting to lean into like Charlene dumb to an extent that I don't believe it's different than naive Charlene. Now we're starting to make her dumb. And we'll talk about this again in a couple episodes. But we're really starting to try to make her dumb. And oh, she's yeah. not dumb. Well, they did that to Suzanne too, right? Like in one, yeah. in some things she doesn't know, like what, not simple words, but words that you're like, really? And then she'll make a Kissinger joke. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, this isn't the same person, is it? It's just yeah. like, not to be too whatever, and probably this is just me like loving Charlene and feeling protective of Charlene, but it just is kind Protect of- Protect her. You know what it is, Selena? It's lazy writing. It's lazy writing. <laughs> just tell them. It just feels, they Why feel like cheap shots. y'all come on the show and we'll talk about your lazy writing? We're, they, we don't mean that. They feel like cheap shots to me yeah. and it's not very good character development. I'm so glad you said that because this is where the episode is falling apart for me. Mm-hmm. It's not that the acting's not good, but after the surgery, I felt really cringy. Uh, about the whole thing. Uh-huh. I understand why they made her nose absurdist. If she right. walked in, and I'm going to use a reference of the time. She walked in and she looked like Raquel Welch. We might be like, where's the joke? She had the bone structure of Raquel Welch. <laughs> Is she, um, you know, that I understand. Oh, that's why that reference was in my head. <laughs> I mean, I would You're also welcome. take looking at like, looking like a 70 year old Raquel Welch if someone <laughs> would give me the opportunity. Um, but, and I'm, I'm not sure how to say this without sounding foolish because I know this is a TV show, but I mean, I'm doing it all the time. Yeah, I so mean, this is just what we do, Selena. Yeah. But there are people out there with noses that are not exactly the beauty standard. And so for me, it feels weird to be like, <laughs> look at the stupid nose on her face, you know? Uh-huh. And so I, not that I think that's exactly what the show was setting up. They were struggling with it, but there was still this like poking, a little uh-huh. bit of poking. And so where they're like trying to play it cool. Like I, I hear you on the face work and all of that. And I need to go back and look at that. But first of all, that scene went on a really long time for me. And then, and then the jokes, they just weren't landing. I mean, it could be a twisted kind of empathy on my part and I'm happy to own that, but it was just kind of difficult. And then I just thought the thing where she finally notices with the kid because mean. Yeah. Because m- maybe that like, you've almost had like something similar happen with a kid before where they just, said like the meanest thing that you could pop like and you're like 
It's the thing you've spent your whole life feeling self-conscious about and they just called you right out the first time they met you. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's my teeth, but maybe it's my teeth. And (laughs) that was real hard for me. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, That's rough. Uh, (laughs) I hope you can make it through, Selena. I hope you can. (laughs) Try and make it through this episode of Designing Women. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like poking at people. I don't know. I don't have that many complaints about this episode, and I think even that didn't really bother me that much. I think mostly because... Nikki's always poking at people. I just make fun of people all the time. All the time. Uh, When I think of Nikki, I'm like, (laughs) you know, she's just like, your face is this. Your hair, why'd you walk outside today? Yeah. Um, I don't have many complaints about this episode. One beef I did have was that I, you just said one of the scenes dragged on a little bit. I feel like the whole episode dragged a little bit. And you also pointed out that the two Mercedes subplot or the two Cadillac subplot, the one Mercedes, um, sort of brought the whole episode full circle. I'm not sure I really processed it that way. So that's helpful. I do think a meteor subplot could have been helpful here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was too much focus. Too much focus on the nose thing, really. And maybe they did have a subplot and it got pulled. Maybe. You know? Who knows? It's true. Yeah. It's true. You want to rate this sucker? I'm ready. My rating scale is flop sweats at a tea party. Oh, I like that. Thank you. I'm going to give it a 4.75 out of 5. It's wonderful. Um, I think it just says something that I have such an enduring memory of the physicality of this episode. Like I just, it's, it's right here and I'm pointing at my forehead. Like as I was watching this, it's right there. I can just remember it very clearly watching this Bernice's nose. Um, it, that may have been the only thing I remembered after all these years. Like I remembered nothing else, obviously about the Mercedes, the Cadillacs, the, this, that, and the other. I don't even think I remember the department source store scene where he called her Miss Peggy. And I certainly don't remember her feeling like bad and all that, but I remember the nose. So I feel like that says something. So I think I gave it some sentimental points, but also like I just enjoyed watching this episode, the like slowness of it notwithstanding. So I felt good giving it a slightly higher score than normal. I accept that. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So I gave it 3.7 out of 5 imaginary or real Times Square kisses. Ah. I think this episode had a lot to offer with Bernice just always being tops for me. But like I said, like the pacing was something for me. And then mean spirited is the word that comes to mind for me just a little bit. Um, And I just don't like to poke at people's looks, even if it's not really meant to be squarely that way. Anyways, just like anything bumping up against Makes you feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable is a perfect way to put it. It's fair. You want to talk about some 90s things? Yeah, uh, I have two. We're still talking about that car phone that Anthony's got. It's a lot uh, of excitement. We're just real excited about that. So excited. And then we still got that tiny TV that Charlene sometimes watches at her desk with those big giant plug-in headphones. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so strange. Or like this obsession with the news. Yeah. Oh, it's five. Also, why aren't y'all home? <laughs> that's true. I, I think some people do work till 530, though. And they don't. Oh, that's right. Well, we used to be that way. (laughs) I definitely used to not leave the office till six or six thirty. It was wonderful. Just the good good old days, you know. I didn't have a tiny TV and big headphones though. No, just pain and suffering. What nineties things did you have? Barca Lounger. Ah. This might be more 70s. I don't know. Anyways, there's supposed to be data references. Um, The episode's focus on plastic surgery is like scandalous, kind of feels very of the time. I can't believe I didn't put that in here. We'll get out. I know. (laughs) This idea of these digital renderings, I don't even know I'm calling that the right thing, but they're like composites of what they look like. They were pretty advanced, I thought. But is that as being an innovation? Yeah. Would just be like something that a 
five-year-old could do now. You yeah. Know? Uh, Miss Piggy and the Muppets. Uh. The Muppets were having another heyday then. And I would just like to say, I really... Big I, fan. I, I, I am. Big fan. She was such a feminist. Did you see... <laughs> did you see... <laughs> Did you see the Elmo news this week? No. Where Elmo tweeted out, what do you call it? I don't know. Xed uh, out. I was going to say that's a weird, weird world. Anyway, put out a message that basically said, how's everybody doing? And just was like barraged with people giving the status of their lives. Everything from the funny to like the people whose football teams had just recently lost. But then people got like really vulnerable and serious about it. Oh, God. And um, shared what they were really going through. And Elmo sent a post, like put out a post the next day that said, Elmo learned that he should ask his friends how they're doing more often. Thank you so much for sharing with me. I'll ask Aww. again soon. That's like that meme that's like, check on your strong friends. Yeah, yeah. Do I check on you? <laughs> I get real I'm worried. Sometimes the there's like just like a little bit of silence. I'm like, are you okay? Well, check my ex account because I've been messaging Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like he was the only one who would listen. <laughs> only Elmo understands. Only Elmo. Uh, Southern things? There were some oddly specific directions that Charlene gave on the phone with Anthony. Okay. Uh, it was at the corner of Riverside and Edgewater. I'm on Riverside. Was the only Riverside I, I know. That's what I thought of. Well, it's not the only one in Atlanta, though, because oh, okay. there is one near Sandy Springs, just north of the perimeter, which she also mentioned. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So I do declare... Did Tom Bray and Michael A. Ross study a map? Oh, my goodness. Because I went back, the episode that they wrote uh, in season four. Season, I don't remember if it was, I guess it must have been that one. There was also something hyper Atlanta specific there. And I think I made the same observation back then. Okay. They really must know Atlanta. I do really like that kind of attention to detail. I do too. Yeah. They owe it to us. Yeah. If you're going to make a show, obviously, and I, I'd say that jokingly, but if you are going to make a show, obviously somewhere specific, give us a little something that makes it feel authentic. We need an Easter egg. We do. Uh, I don't think we own this, but being polite to the point of fault, Phil Southern. So, yeah. Anyways, well, it's also Minnesota nice. We just got down with Fargo, so. Yeah. It's hard. It's a lifelong journey. To it, is. it really is. What are we supposed to be? What about references that we need to talk about? I feel like I have a lot. Buckle up. I do too. Okay. Ooh. I have a lot. I almost high-fived you, but we're both six, so we can't <laughs> touch. <laughs> Maybe now's the time to touch, though. I don't know. Um, Willie Nelson and the auction was something that was mentioned high up. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Okay. I was thinking, I think that might be a juicy story. So It is. It I'm wondering is. if we save it for a future extra sugar and try and like keep it like how much of the story do you want to tell? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I didn't tell extra sugars worth. Okay, go ahead. Basically, there was an auction. <laughs> they auctioned off his Who stuff. Who am I talking to? You're going to be clear and concise. <laughs> the part that fascinated me was it was it, so it was because of IRS back taxes. The fascinating part was the auction was hyper unsuccessful. Because his fans refused to buy anything. Yeah, it was really cool. And they, like, took a stand. And so they weren't able to sell very much. One of the things they sold was um, his ranch in Texas, though. But a fan bought it and sold it back to him for really I cheap. Know. Isn't that awesome? But there's a whole lot more to it. So to your point, I'll stop there. But now we're going to owe it to the people to give them the full story. Yeah, and I'm not even going to share. That's um, I think that's plenty of details, what you shared. Um I just, the one thing I will add that's just like an aside to this is I can see why people feel that way because to me, it feels like any money that he made probably went 
I, he just seems like one of those people that would have gone right back out the door to other people. I'm not saying he didn't also like prop. Maybe he spent his money a little unwisely and maybe he should have been more careful, but I could see him being the kind of person who just like, if anybody needed it, he's like, sure have it. I don't, he seems to me like the person that like money comes, money goes. I don't even know how to do my own taxes. So I glossed over the tax part a little bit and why he owed back taxes, but it did sound like there was a little bit of a story there in terms of a bad business investment. He was caught up in litigation because Mm -hmm. the company that he was paying to take care of his finances got him into the trouble. Yeah, which and then they held him accountable. That's right. Sucks. Well, at the end of the day, that's it. It it stops with you. I think with most companies, though, you would have like writers and like not writers is not the right word, but maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Language in your contract with that like finance company that protects you. And I, it sounds like maybe he didn't have that. Because, like, they're investing on your behalf, so they have to make good choices or at least informed choices. And in this instance, they definitely did not, and they got him screwed over. So yeah. it's it's a messy story. Yeah. It is messy. The other one I wanted to – one of the other ones I wanted to mention was the Al Edco Club, which you just mentioned, oh, some uh-huh. club where uh-huh. um, Bernice was going to go mechanical bull riding. It felt very familiar to me for some reason, and that's because that is the exact same club Galen mentioned in Nashville Bound way back in season one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so I can't find any other reference to it. It doesn't seem to be a real Atlanta club, but the name stuck with me, so I Googled it real quick, and same club. That is so funny. Isn't that weird? Uh, and of course, Galen was one of the writers. That's an Easter eggs, Easter eggs. This is what I'm saying. Okay, I like that. Did you find anything about the politician that left his wife to marry his nanny? This is what Charlene was, this is the whole point of the nanny violator story. I searched for like 20 minutes and couldn't find anything. And 20 minutes is my new limit. Okay. Samesies. There was something about uh, a nanny gate in politics that happened, but it happened in like 1992. And it wasn't It wasn't sexual at all. Yeah. Um, I like, and I, I think it was just like another confirmation for me that like a lot of men cheat on their wives with nannies. mm -hmm. It just, it just got sadder and sadder. And I was like, nope, I'm coming up out of this. This is too much. Uh, the next one I want to talk about was LaToya Jackson in a magazine after plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. This was while they were waiting for Bernice to come and show them their results. So LaToya posed topless for Playboy in March 1989. Uh, she reportedly saw the pictorial as a declaration of her independence from her conservative upbringing and said it was, quote, to show my parents they couldn't dictate me anymore, that I control my life. She posed again in Playboy in November 91 to promote her autobiography. Unrelated? I ended up down a rabbit hole on LaToya during this time. Mm-hmm. Also very sad. Mm. Her independence from her family coincided with her getting involved with a very controlling, it sounds like very abusive man. And some of the choices that she was making probably were not her own. Oh. It got messy there for a bit. Oh, that's sad. Um, What do you have? You, I'm going to let you go for a minute. Oh, uh, so I need to just look up how much a toilet weighs. Because they cool, asked and cool, nobody cool. answered. Mm-hmm. So I was like, 60 to 80 pounds? I don't know. It's all over the place. It was like anywhere from 60 pounds to 135, and who knows then. And How much does a gold toilet weigh? A gold toilet? Mm-hmm. Like that one you talked that. about in the extra yeah, sugar that one I think it's like, it's like solid gold, right? Yeah, so that's I, the one I want to throw. 1,500 pounds, I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Phyllis Diller? Mm-hmm. So... She didn't have a lot of, she had a lot of surgery and then sort of like 
they're talking a little bit about her daughter, but I pulled this from a plastic surgeon's blog post. So according to the LA Times, quote, 1970, she had her teeth straightened. A year later, she had a complete facelift. By 1989, she had had her teeth bonded, a breast reduction, a tummy tuck, a brow lift, a nose job, an under eye lift, cheek implants, eyeliner tattoos, and a chemical pill. But from what I've read, I think... You know, she was one of the very first to openly talk about her surgeries, like as early as the early 70s. And that was highly unusual at the time because most people were like, me? No, I just slept really well last night. You know, I also found myself thinking about that poem, The Barbie Doll. You read that before? Mm-mm. Mm. Share it with you afterwards, I guess. But it's basically like, it's kind of like, uh, essentially, it's this idea of all these expectations that are put on girls and so it starts with this girl from the time that she's young and how she has these things about her body that aren't what society expects. And then it kind of tracks down to the, the end of her life. It's very sad. Um, Sounds like the speech from the Barbie movie. America Ferreira speech. Yes, but I think much sadder. Sounds much sadder. Yes. <laughs> Not quite as glossy. A little deathier. Oh, so. no. Um, but let's just say that, and I think that actually came up, I think it was like the, maybe 72 or 78 when that was written. Mm. Anyways. And then Leon Spinks mm-hmm. was also one. What did you find? Well, real quick, I wanted to say about Phyllis Diller yeah, yeah. that um, actually it sounds to me like discussion around her plastic surgeries kind of hit a fever pitch in the early 90s. Mm. And just a few months after this episode, she was on the Jenny Jones show talking about it. Mm. And then 2020 had like a whole segment or episode on it in 93. They said she had somewhere in the range of 15 procedures. I just feel like a chemical peel and a rhinoplasty are not the same plastic surgery. Agreed. Tattooing on um, eyeliner, not the same as a facelift. <laughs> so I think that it's um, it's interesting the way, like how overblown that number yeah. feels given what the actual procedures were. Yeah. Uh, and, and then with Leon Spinks, I mean. Speaks of the times. Yeah, right. And we'll talk about that in this week's Extra Show. Yeah. Ayo. Uh, Leon Spinks was a boxer. He once beat Muhammad Ali. Also, I ended up a little bit down a rabbit hole in them. Let me explain that I do not care about boxing. But he beat Muhammad Ali, the greatest in the world, then proceeded to have like the greatest downfall of a professional boxer of all time. Uh, But the bottom line was that he lost his teeth in a military boxing match, like while he was enlisted, lost both his teeth. So he did indeed have a really big gap in between his front, in the front of his mouth for a really long time Uh until he, I guess he had implants or something because the pictures I found that were more recent, he had a full mouth, mouth of teeth. Yeah. I didn't entirely understand the joke. If you saw the picture of him, I think you would spin it straight here in your front teeth, I see. covering okay. your two front teeth. I was like, I guess there's a couple of pictures where maybe his hair looks mussy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's like a style. Did so. you not see the toothless pictures? Not toothless. I saw a gap. Oh. And even then I was like, but I got, it just didn't land for me. Uh-huh. Well, that one you. just blew Because you, right you don't me. like to comment on people's bodies. I don't. I don't even want to look at you. <laughs> I'm just like eyes down everywhere I go. <laughs> Is that like, why? And don't or you just don't me. want to talk? Well, both things can be true. <laughs> That's true. Did you have any other references you wanted to talk about? I think I'm done. Man, I told you it was Gilmore Girls level references this week. Mm-hmm. So our next episode will be season five, episode 17, Maybe Baby. 
We'd love everyone to follow along with us and engage. Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. TikTok at Sweet Tea TV Pod. YouTube Sweet Tea TV 7371. Our email address is Sweet Tea TV Pod at gmail.com. And our website is www.sweetteatv.com. Uh, if you want to support the show, please tell your family and friends about us. Rate and review the podcast wherever you listen, or you can visit the Support Us tab on our page for more ways to support the show. And then come back Thursday. We're going to have an extra sugar all about plastic surgery. You know what that means. What does it mean, Selena? Well, it means we'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Wait. <laughs> you can't do that to me. I don't know what to say now. See you yeah. Thursday. You got to say lots of Southern things just real fast. <laughs> Grits, biscuits, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>